ARE Study Guide Podcast. Hello, lads and ladies. Welcome to another episode of the ARE Study Guide Podcast. This episode marks the beginning of us talking about project programming and design. The more I looked into this and was thinking about what to talk about, I realized that there are are a lot of other topics that were related to programming and analysis that I didn't previously cover that are applicable for this exam as well. So I would recommend if you haven't taken programming and analysis yet, listen to this whole series on project planning and design. There's a lot of overlap between these, and if nothing else, it doesn't hurt to study for two tests at the same time. So in this episode, what I'm going to talk about is wind and air movement. A quick side note, ventilation, that term can mean natural ventilation, like when you open a window and the air comes in. Ventilation also means mechanical ventilation. So if I talk about ventilation in this episode, I'm talking about natural ventilation when you open a window. All right, let's talk about some basic terms related to wind. First, we have the comfort parameter. A comfort parameter is how we feel in relation to the wind speed and the wind turbulence. Leeward is the side that is sheltered or protected from wind. Windward is the side that the wind is blowing towards. Leeward, protected from wind. Windward, receiving the wind. Downwind is the direction that the wind is blowing. If you're traveling downwind, you're moving in the direction of the wind. Upwind is the direction opposite that the wind is blowing. So when you're traveling upwind, you're going against the wind. So in real life, wind patterns can be pretty complex. And each location will have prevailing wind patterns that will change seasonally. When you're studying for your exams, they use the basic principles of wind design. In real life, for your own practice, know that you need to look at the wind squares or the wind roses or some sort of wind chart for your site to understand where the winds come throughout the year. Because in summer, you're going to want to orient your windows to allow the natural ventilation to flow through your building. But in winter, you're gonna wanna block the openings to prevent those cold winds from entering, depending on your location. I'm originally from Florida and there is no bad time to have ventilation. It is always hot. But in general, you know, you wanna block the wind in winter, allow ventilation in summer. We're going to look more into that. Don't get hung up on those details just yet. So, something else to consider with wind. Yes, in general, when it's hot, you want to allow natural ventilation in. But you do need to consider if there are any industrial areas or other pollutants. You want ventilation in, but you don't want to bring in a ton of dirty air. Like if there was a laundromat next door, you know, you don't want your windows opening up to allow that in. You'd probably need a mechanical solution if that was the only option. I don't know if they'll actually ask you something like that on the test uh, because that starts to get a little tricky, but 
be aware of industrial sites. You don't want to bring in dirty air into your building. Basic principles of air movement. All right, let's talk about some basic principles of air movement. Air is going to move slower near the ground than higher up in the sky because air is going to experience friction with the ground, causing it to move slower. So if you have a tall building, the wind speeds will be higher towards the higher stories of your building than the lower stories. Air is always going to flow from high to low pressure. So a basic application of this is when air is heated, it will rise. When wind meets an obstacle, such as our buildings, there will be a high pressure zone on the windward side and a low pressure zone on the leeward side. So where the wind hits directly, that's gonna be high pressure. On the opposite side of the building, the leeward side, that's low pressure. The downwash vortex effect. When we have really tall buildings, the winds are gonna hit one face and then go down that face, speeding up. This is called the downwash vortex effect. As that wind goes down the face of the building, it's gonna become turbulent. In hot climates, that can actually be nice because you can have a lot of air to promote good ventilation. In cold climates, that can be really detrimental because it's already cold and now it's super windy at the bottom of your building. A way to avoid this effect is to have a round building because the wind will move around the building. When you have a concave shape, it's going to intensify that downwash vortex effect. The corner effect. The corner effect is the principle that as wind moves around a building, its speed is going to increase as it goes around the corner. The taller and wider the building, the more intense the speed will be at the corners. The gap effect. The gap effect is when you have a tall building with an opening at the bottom. When you have that opening at the bottom, it's going to create a place for the wind to rush through. The wind shadow effect. The wind shadow effect. This is a big principle. So when wind goes around an object, behind that object is going to be a low pressure zone. It'll have a slower speed, but it will have intensified turbulence. The wind shadow which is on the leeward side, will be approximately three to four times the height of the building. The wind speed in the wind shadow will be about 75 to 80% less than the wind speed on the windward side. If your building has gaps in it, instead of being entirely solid, maybe this could be actually having multiple buildings, you will actually get a larger wind shadow. So if you're trying to create a large protected area of reduced wind speed, put gaps in it instead of a large continuous wall and you'll get a larger area. The Venturi effect. The Venturi effect says that wind will accelerate when it is constricted. The example that's most commonly used is a breezeway. So when you have two building masses and the wind goes through them, it will accelerate. Similar to the gap effect, but this isn't capped at the top. This is just two buildings that may or may not be covered. When you have hilly regions or mountainous regions and then you have the valley during the day the wind is going to blow uphill as the valley heats up at night when the valley cools off the wind will flow downhill inversion inversion is pretty gross inversion is when cold air near the ground 
traps warm, polluted air above it. When wind goes around an obstacle, it might briefly change its path. You know, when it, the wind is going around a building, it might change direction to go around, but ultimately the wind is going to return back to its original path. For maximum ventilation, the windows that are placed on the face of the prevailing winds should be smaller and lower than the windows where the air will be exiting from. This will cause the wind to come in low and it has to move up to exit so it'll pass the occupants. Also by having the outlet windows wider, it's going to create more airflow. When you have windows placed on perpendicular walls, so imagine a corner 90 degrees and you have a window on each of those two walls, it's going to increase the airflow. There's two types of ventilation, generally speaking, for our buildings. There's cross ventilation, which is horizontal airflow through a building. And there's stacked ventilation, which is vertical airflow. Stacked ventilation occurs because hot air rises, so it'll cause that air to flow up. With stacked ventilation, you don't need to consider the direction of the prevailing winds. It's simply the pressure that's causing that air to move. So if you have openings as you rise up in your building, it will cause the air to move up and out of your building. Related to stacked ventilation, we also have the stack effect. And this is when a building is basically acting like a chimney, sending the warm air out. But when it does that, it's pulling cold air in at the bottom levels. So this can be pretty detrimental in cold climates or during cold seasons when all that hot air is rising and to get replaced, it has to pull in cold air. The taller the building, the stronger this effect will be. All right, for this next section, we are going to talk about how to block wind. So when it's cold, you don't want wind. For your exam, keep in mind that it is presumed that the cold winds will come from the north. So if you want to do a wind block, put it on the north facade. Again, in real life, you always have to look at the data and see what the wind patterns are. But in general, in the US, we assume that most of our cold winds are coming from the north. So that's where we're gonna put our wind blocks. Let's talk about different ways that we can block wind. So a big one is trees. You can use trees to block the wind. Keep in mind the type of species, how close they're spaced, how wide and deep the area of tree plantings is, and the height of the trees will all affect how effective your trees are at blocking the wind. The deeper the planting, that meaning the more trees that you have in depth, like say four trees deep or 10 trees deep, the deeper, the better. Remember a minute ago when we were talking about the wind shadow effect and we were saying that if you have openings in your building or you break the building up into multiple buildings, you'll get a larger wind shadow area. The same thing applies for trees. So if you have a really dense cluster of trees or other vegetation, it will reduce the wind speeds more, but if you spread the, the vegetation out 
to reduce the density of the vegetation. I'm not saying super spread out, but just more than all clustered together. If you spread it out and provide some, you could say breathing room, you will get a larger protected area. So some wind will get through at a lower speed, but you'll have a larger protected area. Whereas if you have a really dense area of vegetation, you will have a significantly reduced wind speed, but for a smaller area that's protected. So keep in mind the type of tree you use will affect when the wind is being blocked, meaning a deciduous tree is going to lose its leaves in the winter. So if you plant a deciduous tree, you won't get much wind blockage during the winter. If you want to block the wind all year, use evergreen trees. Okay, so I think that's a good synopsis of wind and ventilation. And since we have already started the conversation, I think on the next episode, we should just dive in to mechanical ventilation and maybe do a little bit on other mechanical systems. See you on the other side. Bye.